Bam. Bam. Fire me up on a Monday day. Pretty well hit to center field. And it is off the glove of Murray. Watch Bobby. It could be an inside the park home run. Vukovic is waving him on. Here he comes. He's safe. An inside the park home run. Bobby Abreu. And the Phillies have won it two to one here in the tenth inning. What a way to end the ball game. How about that call by Harry Kay? Yeah, that Man was your boy 20 years ago 23 Bob, Bobby 23, Abreu, 23 years ago sorry yeah. hitting uh, a walk-off inside the park home run that is that you're not going to see that happen it could be the rarest play in baseball and that's a good call by by Harry K one of his best not his best but it's certainly at, you know in the top five Harry K calls uh and I think it's cool that the Phillies uh c-suite designed Citizen Bank Park to have that angle uh that you can hit you know, that wall in left yeah. center and have that. Now, if you hit it yep. and the right fielders not do what he should be doing, or sometimes if he is, even if he is, sometimes goes, there's, <laughs> it's such a far run. Even if it is, it's like you, you could need the first baseman. back. Yeah. You really might need someone out there. And, and you know how, bud, we always talk about in baseball, the really cool thing about baseball strategy. There's always a place for a defender to be on every ball hit. There is. And yeah. we used to draw years ago the odd plays and we i'd say to you but where should the defender be on that place so if the balls hit the left center it's going to hit that angled high 20 foot wall and the center fielder is kind of judging you know is if, if it's a home runner is going to hit that wall the right fielder has to come sprinting over for that absolutely first base is no longer in the play should he go sprinting out to right right center field um, think about it. No, I, no, yeah. you're not going to yeah, see yeah. that because that's about a 150 foot run from first base. Yeah, what probably. else has he got to do? And if you ask the guy to run out there, yeah, he's probably just. You, we'll never see. See, that happen. second's got to stay, stay eccentric to any potential. Second and short cut. have to, yeah, okay. have to handle the bag and the cut. I always look for the dead player. Okay, the guy is not involved here. in any way, potentially involved. I'm the first baseman and you know, athletic. Get on your high horse and get the hell out the right field, right center field, and back that up because it may beat the right fielder too. Yes, I I definitely understand that. But imagine like, you know, like a a Prince fielder, like a big first baseman, just <laughs> the bull. just chugging. Or Kyle Schwarber, Kyle if he's Schwarber. playing first, you have like a truck, you know, running two hundred fifty feet away. I mean, at that point, they might as well put the put the pads on him and put him in the link I, and sign him up for the yeah, Eagles. If he's running, the, That's that, it'd be funny to see. But yeah. I think they'd almost be better to do a hybrid. Like, send the first baseman to second base right. and send the second baseman out. <laughs> If you know it's going to be a triple. It could be a second baseman. And yeah, let the second yeah, baseman yeah. go out, an athletic guy. So we saw a play this week where the ball hit off the top of the wall and rolled back to the infield. And it rolled so hard back that it looked like the second baseman, if they were charging out anticipating that, could have been the fielder of that ball and pre- prevent a triple. Yeah, I think there's a combination yeah. where if the left fielder sprints too and the right fielder hugs the warning track and the left fielder just runs on more of an angle. There's probably where both outfielders can back up the center fielder effectively. Just to put a header on all this, where position or players can be not often something that happens frequently. Are we talking about Jeter and the flip? 
Right. That's probably the best example. Best example? Yeah, the Yankees practiced that right. play. Jeter knew where to be, and he saved the World Series. And, and we confirmed uh, that that was a practice play. Yep. In uh, spring training, we confirmed that yep. out of the horse's mouth that they worked on that. Not frequently, you know, not a lot of time, but they did work. And a lot of it's too, it's just Jeter instinct. knowing where to be. You know, it's something yeah. that you may only show that to Der- Derek Jeter one time. And you don't really even have to ever really necessarily show it to him. He's His instinct knows I have, I have no value standing in the shortstop mm-hmm. position right now. Let me go put myself in a valuable position, right. and it's all about that instinct, you know. I, uh, and that's really what it, what it's about. It's just having that sense of where to be, where can you be valuable, and if you're not valuable, then yep. fine. But you're no Find valuable standing Find in a shortstop. Place to be. And it is one of the intrinsic beauties of the game that you can make plays between the margins that are not necessarily routine and/or practice, but they present themselves on the baseball diamond at the oddest, craziest, unlikely times. And you're asking the intellect of the baseball player, the instinct, to be ready to to respond to that opportunity, right? And that's what's great about baseball. I I remember one time when I was playing Babe Ruth, I don't think I was, I think I was 16. I was playing for the... Big Red Machine. Uh oh, that was our team. Our team name. I don't remember the coach. Who was your name. coach? Uh, um, the, guy the red pickup red, truck. Red. Yeah, I think red. he had a red pickup truck. Yeah. Red hair. He was intense. Just a really, really nice, good guy. Nice guy. His son played for the team. His yep. son was a great guy. He was he a couple was years older than me. I think in, he went to Charlie West. He always used to say, "Where's Chad? Where's yeah, Chad? Yeah. Where's Chad? <laughs> Chad in the and I lot. was playing second, probably, and it was a, almost like a reverse cheater play where we had a guy coming around third, and I was cutting over to where the shortstop hole was. I think shortstop went out for the cut. Third went to third, and I yeah. cut across to the shortstop hole, and the throw was just terrible, as you can see in that at that yeah. age. And I just kind of intercepted it and chucked it home, got the out. And it's just, it's always cool when you can do situations like that in baseball to put yourself in a position where you would never be on a specific play like that, you know, 10 seconds into the play, yeah. and actually pull something off. That's You don't really get that in any other major sport like you do in baseball, and that's was pretty it, cool. Was it Coach Lee that sent the the police escort to pick you up after you had a minor traffic accident for a playoff game. You had a bump, bumper to bumper probably. on Springdale, <laughs> and you called it. You were like a six-car bumper to bumper. Yeah, I was two minutes from the field. At and 9 I, o'clock game playoff. And he said, he said yeah. we need to pick you up. <laughs> I pull up hot, and I got to tell a Cherry yeah. police officer he's got a game. I left the accident. I did. He's got yeah. an 8 o'clock start down the field. He's like, okay, you, go ahead. Your mom picked me yeah. up. I think mom stayed behind. You drove me to the Bob's, field so I could get uh, going. The sports and then stories, you went Bob, back and picked her up. The sports stories. That's just one of a yeah. hundred we got that, that, that you differed. I had to leave, the, ac- leave the accident to get to the game. As a witness for your involvement, you were you were not guilty. I didn't want to hit and run. Right? And, yeah. and then you got almost a damn police escort to the game. Yeah, that's a, play that's a good one. That's right there. My mom canceled her second wedding because we had a playoff game. It's a good, some uh, good stories. Ivy, like you, that's unbelievable. So we're going to dial Bo up. He's our guest today. And rather than stomp all over the baseball material that we've got prepared, see what he has to say. We're going to assume that he is pretty happy. Hello. Hey, Bo, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good morning, Coach. How are you feeling today? Good. Good. Real good. We're going to guess we're not too far out on the proverbial limb to say that Right now, the mindsets, the collective mindsets, are about as positive as they've been in years. Is that a fairly safe assessment, Bo? Yeah, I mean, you know, the obviously the expectations when we left camp 
we're high and we started off a little slow, but I think we're right where we want to be right now. Uh, I shouldn't say that. We would like to be in first place, but uh, considering the so-so start, I think we've got to be very happy the way things are falling into place right now. Yeah, uh, some of the things, um, statistically at least, that the team is achieving that heretofore have not done in prior years, run differential, higher than it's been the last four or five years, record against 500 teams, 39 and 37. Believe it or not, we were, we were 46 games under uh, 500 against 500 or better teams for your stat. Now we're two games over. You know, when you look at all these things, they're meaningful. I mean, it speaks to a team that's achieving certain thresholds that the other teams before them have not achieved. Uh, I mean, run production right now uh, at 4.80. That's, you know, you're near five run production, Bo. That's elite level. That's that's really good, yeah. you know? Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, in, in, in all fairness, the teams that we're supposed to be beating up on, we are. Yeah. I mean, St. Louis came in here and, that's the first time I, I really had to look see what uniform was out there because I've never seen a Cardinal team fundamentally play the way they played, uh, no energy. Uh, but, again, we did what you had to do. When you get teams like that, you got to beat them up a little bit, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I agree with you on all points, especially the lack of energy, man. It just – you you didn't see any of it. And, no. You know, when you're in the dugout, Bo, and, and you're a player or manager and you're feeling that it's palpable, it's very noticeable. As a manager, Bo, I mean, it's still August. There's a whole month to go. What do you do? I mean, you can't have too many meetings with the players, right? It doesn't work that way. What do you What do, you do Bo? No, especially when you're out of the race like yeah. St. Louis is. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think even though they're doing it, uh, they had people out of position and everything. I think you got to just start playing the young guys. Mm-hmm. Let them fight for jobs for next year because, uh, there, like I said, there was no fight in that team. And, like, we took advantage of that. That's right. how you're supposed to play the game. You know, coming up, we got some games that uh, uh, we're going to play some good teams that are mm-hmm. still battling for positions. So it's going to be very good. We've got the Angels for three. Uh, they have. They're decimated, obviously, with injury. So right, uh, right. we got to continue to do what we're doing. We're getting timely. Uh, the hits are coming in bunches right now. We're hitting home runs. Pitching's been unbelievable. Uh, so we just got to maintain right now. Uh, I, you know, you never like to say we got this first wild card, but yeah, unless it's total disaster, you know, uh, the, the other wild card is going to be a battle for the right, other wild right. card. I think. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a few minutes, about how some of these teams are surging. Uh, but before we get to that, you just mentioned the pitching. I was surprised last night doing my podcast prep, going to baseball reference, and there's something called wins above average, which is a lot like war, but for teams. Right. And it just breaks down every category of the team. It breaks down starting pitching, relief pitch hitting, base running. Right. It gives everything a score, a metric score. And I'll tell you this, this was shocking. Wins above average, the Phillies pitching, starting pitching, not relief, uh, starting pitching, is 6.8, number one in baseball. Ranked, win, wow. Win, that's something, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. That really is something. Yeah, I mean, that kind of sneaks up on you. And, I mean, it's always been kept accurately. It's not like they're suddenly wrong. You know, the teams that should have had that number always had that number. Uh, And they got the Phillies ranked first. Now there's a lot of things that go into their calculations and whatnot. But they have the Phillies in, in, in the first spot, which is fascinating. The bullpen has been reliable. The comebacks after the sixth inning, phenomenal. Uh, you know, you're kind of hitting through eight, which how many lineups do that? I think, Bo, right now, this will sound crazy because, you know, the Braves have their 835 OPS for a team. Which right. is, that's insane. But I right. think if you put them alongside each other, now you're not going to match Acuna, of course. So, so we yield that. But if you stack them alongside each other the last 45 games – this offense is as productive as the Braves' offense. I mean, that's another crazy statement, right? Yeah, no, well, you know, I, I think you also got to consider the teams that each team is playing right now. Good point. I mean, we've been, yep. Playing, yep. We've been, we've been playing some teams where they're pitching. St. Louis pitching, I was shocked at. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was – I'd never seen a, a St. Louis team be that, you know, not motivated to go out there and play – um, pitchers leaving balls in the middle of the plate. Yeah, really. So, I, you know, I, I think you got to look at, at who you played and yep. when the other team played. But I will say this. I think right now the way we're playing, um, I don't think it would be that big of an upset if we played Atlanta and beat them right. in the playoffs. Right. I really don't. I mean, people if people think that's an upset, then they haven't seen our ball club, right. especially for the last, uh, what, two months. So I think it's going to be a dogfight. There's no question about that. Yeah, Atlanta's got a very good team. Freed looks like he's starting to come into play a little bit more. Yeah, and Strider's pitching very good. So, yeah. like you said, they, those guys. I think the one area where they might have a little edge on us is defensively. Uh, you know, they make all the plays of yeah. the, in the outfield and the infield. So. But again, it's going to come down to who pitches the best when you play each other. Yeah, uh, we still have seven games. We still have seven games with them. Yeah, not to say that we're going to sweep seven, but you know, you get a good gauge when you play those guys seven times. Yeah. Speaking of better competition, I've got a stat, and, and I have to disclaim this a little bit with a little hold harmless because I don't like to when we present these stats with Schwarber. Everybody, I get texts all week long. You know, why are you Schwarber haters? And I, I think the guy is great the clubhouse. I love the guy. I love to have him on the podcast. There's no dislike of Kyle Schwarber, trust me. But we do have a job to do in, in far as presenting the stats. So here's, you mentioned 500 teams, better competition, or the teams will play in the postseason. In July and August, <clears throat> this is riveting, we played eight series against 500 teams. San Fran, and Toronto, Rennies, uh, Miami twice, Baltimore. Milwaukee, Tampa. Uh, in those eight series, um, Schwarber was 13 for 89 for a 146 batting average with five extra base hits and below 625 OPS. Uh, how concerning is that? And then when you add one other dimension to that stat, the better teams, in postseason, as you well know, I'm preaching to the choir, Home run ratios are cut drastically. That's why the Yankees lead baseball in home runs almost every year and haven't won in a long time. So, you know, with the better pitching, we don't see the same frequency of home runs. When you when you take that stat, c- combine it with the home run stat, 
and you look at Rojas already with a 1.6 war, almost unachievable in the small sample of games he's played. I mean, you don't see war grow like that. Is Schwarber still in your lineup, and is he still batting leadoff bow with that information? Well, as we've been doing these podcasts, you well know that Tomps, uh, he got to the dance with Schwarber leading off last year. He came up two games short. Right. Uh, they've been scoring runs at a high clip right now. Uh, that's not going to change. I don't think. I think one thing that Tomps has shown is he's very loyal to and, and believes in what he's doing and how they successful they were last year. I don't think there's going to be a change at the top there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, as you pointed out, we all know the adage, good pitching stops good hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we, we can be scoring 10 runs a game, and then all of a sudden you put some guy 60 feet, 6 inches out there that has his A1 stuff. You're not getting those runs. It doesn't matter who you are, who's hitting first. Uh, good pitching will stop good hitting. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we watch all the playoffs. We're not getting any 10 to 8 games or, or 7 to 6 games. These are going to be close games. you got to make plays. You got to, every out means something. Every pitch means something. So it's going to be important that that we keep that that visualization in, in our minds because we can't be running into outs on the bases. We can't be thrown to the wrong base, which we haven't done in a while. I think we've been very solid fundamentally lately. We got to continue that. We got to continue, obviously, to get good pitching. Uh, right. Wheeler and Nola against St. Louis. That was complete domination. I mean. Uh, that team had no chance against either one of those guys. No and chance. It showed, you yeah. know, and it showed at the final outcome that the hits, the runs they allowed, the strikeouts, the, the, the few amount of walks, and they did what they had to do. But we got to keep that pace going when we play the real good teams. There's no question. Isn't it something, Bo, that went now, the, this uh, resurgence started before the standing ovation for Turner a little bit, but really took off. At that point, now, Bo, this is this is fascinating. They are not to get too technical, but you understand it. But our listeners, all right. So the Phillies were a minus DRS team up until that point by like at one point as much as thirteen. That's really bad, minus thirteen. They are now a plus defensive run team for the first time in like f- five years. Isn't it something, Bo, that the defense and the base running got better? Once the offense took off, uh, there's a marriage between all that, isn't there? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, that, that when, when you start scoring runs at will, everybody comes to the park with a lot of energy. The concentration level goes up a notch. And up until, what, two weeks ago, I mean, it's still a close race for the first wild card, but it was like everybody was tied or you were half a game out. Uh, and, I, and I think once that came out, our attention span increased, our concentration level increased, uh, every at-bat mattered. And as you all well know, we play, we really play good at our ballpark. And uh, we got to continue, obviously, to do that. But I just think when things are hitting on all cylinders, especially offensively, you know in your mind that if you do make a mistake, the offense can overcome it. And the way we're pitching right now, uh, a pitcher can go out and give up two or three runs early. They know in their mind that, hey, the way we're swinging right now, we got a good chance of winning this ball game. So, I think everything goes into the whole thing when you're scoring runs, when you're getting good pitching, that combination, and then you're catching the ball. That combination's tough, right. and, and you're playing teams that, hey, 
you, you smell blood in the water right now when these teams come in that really they're playing for tea times next this coming winter. <laughs> right. and, and you take advantage of that. And that's exactly what good teams do. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. Are you, before I kick it over to Chad, are you a bit surprised? I know this puts you in a precarious position. You're, you're not going to say yes, I'm surprised. But that aside, are you a bit surprised that Rojas is doing so well so far offensively? Uh, yeah, the thing that surprised me a little bit, I mean, up until now anyway, you know, I, I watch him in the Meyer ladies. He's very aggressive at the plate, which I like, you know, I, I rather guy be aggressive. And once he starts learning the strike zone, he's going to back off and look for pitches. Uh, he hasn't chased that much up here. I thought maybe, and you know what you can attribute to maybe pitchers throwing more strikes here as opposed to down below, mm-hmm. uh, in the minor leagues. But, uh, I really believe this kid's going to be something special, um, yes. both offensively. Oh, he's already something special defensively, but uh, he run, he's going to run the bases good. Uh, but I think the thing that surprises me right now is his ability to stay in the strike zone because I've seen him go through stretches in the minor leagues where he was swinging at a lot of bad pitches. I mean, right. I'm not saying he's not going to swing at bad pitches, but I think he's more under control right now. Do, do you think he plays medium, deep, or short as a center fielder? Well, that's a good question. See, I'm used to playing when I played with Maddox. He probably right. played as shallow. Shallow, right? Or him, yeah. and, him and Paul Blair. Right. Those guys played right behind second base. So. <laughs> uh, but I think he plays regular. Regular, but, but he gets, yeah. He gets tremendous jumps, jumps. on balls. I oh, mean, his jumps. His first step, his routes, Yep, uh, they're very precise. There's no indecision. And if you notice right away, he wants to catch every ball. Yeah. I don't care if it's in left field. I don't care if it's dead right. He's taking charge out there. And you can see when he's out there that because he's so aggressive going after the baseball, the other guys on both flanks back off, right. which I think is good. Let the center fielder be the captain. And he's taking charge out there. Oh, man. And when he's in center – and uh, and you put Marsh over in left field. He's yep. so much better in left. All of yep. a sudden, your defensive outfield, two thirds of it, is you know really really yep. solid. You know at that point. Um, and and Castellanos has really improved. Yeah, I think, he has. In right field, so yeah. But, but Rojas, you guys haven't seen it. He's got a pretty good arm too. Yeah, he does. I don't he think does. anybody's seen his arm. Right. Well, that throw he made to first. Uh, two of two of the throws. Right. So I wanted. Turn it over to the infield a bit here. Now looking at Bohm and Stott, who've obviously having very good years between both of them right now, and really both I think have taken the improvement and uh, probably even more so expected how good a Stott's improvements have been. So I guess my question, Bo, is do we think we'll see something with these guys where we'll get them out of the arbitration, maybe try to get them to a bit more of a longer contract now when they're still young? We got Bohm who's... Still 26, Stott, I think, is 25 right now, uh, or just about to turn 26. So we still got, you know, six, seven years just or so in these primes. If we get these guys to a five, six, seven-year contract now, there's really no issues with that. You're going to have them expiring when they're, you know, 32, 33, something like that. Right. Do you think there's any chance we see something like that before these guys have yeah. another solid like, year and just like get Atlanta that more does, like the Braves? Did. Yeah, Atlanta did it yeah, with they, a lot of their guys. Right. Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta did a great job in in, Oof, did they? in tying all their young guys up. I mean, that would be a great plan right now. I don't know financially what 
what our situation is. I mean, we're going to have two guys that maybe, I'm not saying we're going to lose them, but there's a chance that we could lose Nola and Reese Hoskins. Right. So you got two guys there that, uh, like I said, I don't know. Then we might sign them both too. I, I have no idea right now. I know right now they're just trying to worry about the playoffs and get to the World Series again. But those those two those are two big plays right now. So I I, I do know this that knowing Dave, if I were to guess, I would say during this free agency or this this coming off season, they're going to go after as much pitching as they possibly can. He's he's all into the pitching. Plus our lineup is pretty much set if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. It would be a great idea to try to sign it. But I don't know who their agents are, what their philosophy is. I'm sure they're seeing all these dollar signs being thrown around right now. So, And they do have two good guys right now. I don't know, like I said, who their agents are. But they're both in a very good position if they want to play it out or if they want to sign long term. And it's up to the Phillies yeah. which way they want to go. Yeah, It's just always fascinating when you look at you know some of the, the numbers and you see Stotts right up there. Um, you know, amongst the top five, top six, second baseman in baseball this year, and, re- and really pretty close. You look at the three, four, five spots, and meanwhile, you look at his salary, and he's making seven hundred thousand dollars, which is nothing to uh, nothing wow. to cry about. But in the con, in, you know, relatively yeah. for baseball, you know that this guy's easily, easily worth way, way more than that, yeah. multiple times that. And uh, it's just always funny looking at these baseball contracts and these multiple now, years of arbitration. I can interrupt you, Chad, because. This is one area of baseball, Bo, that confuses the heck out of me, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, so let me know if I do, and we'll just edit this out. But I, th- I think I think this is okay to go here. Where he's at right now, we're speaking of Stott, and how it all works, how long does he stay at that, I guess it's baseball minimum salaries, when Chad says seven hundred grand, and will the Phillies, recognizing that, Bo, give him – Five million next year to kind of nurse them along to when they give them a longer. Co- How does that work, Bo? I don't. Know. I don't think you're going to go that kind of jump right okay. away. Okay. I, I mean, you're right. If you go dollar for dollar, is he worth it? But I think because the way the it, it, it's set up, I don't think a guy can go like. I don't even know what he said. He's making seven hundred, right? And then I, I don't think he's going to jump to five million. Right, I, right, that's right. just me. Right. I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they got the uh, their idea of what the game plan is. Yep. Uh, but again, hey, who's to say that Dave goes up to both these guys after everything? The smoke's cleared. The playoffs right. are over. The World Series. Hey, hey, we're thinking about locking you up. Yeah. And I mean, I have no idea. What, right. I do know that our payroll is pretty high. I know that. But you are going to, if you lock them up, you are going to be in the long run saving some money if. It's a big if, if they continue on their path that they're right. taking right now. They both made tremendous strides in improving both in the field and at the plate. If that process continues, uh, that cash register is going to go up. Yeah. And you know, like I said, well, you never know in this game. But even one year is a great year. The next year you go, what happened? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, you got to be a little cautious, but. Uh, I think Dave knows exactly what he's doing yeah. and whatever decision they make on those guys is going to be something that uh, because you'll see it's, it's, down the road here. It's always fun just to compare the sports. I mean, Jalen Hurts has one good year. He's making $50 million right now. <laughs> different yeah. sport, different position, well, but it's just, yeah, it's just always fun yeah, to look at. Different, 
kind of weak. Yeah. Yeah. Good, Bo. Yeah, you're playing a 16 games or whatever right, it is. Right. Yeah. This is a, a grueling schedule. Right. And, you know, you don't know what, I mean, I, the one thing that I think has been very impressive is the way Bohm is handled going from first to third, first to third, first oh, to man. third. Absolutely. I mean, he's done a tremendous, that's hard to do, oh, especially yeah. when you're still a young guy like he is. I mean, it's not like he's played 10 years in the big leagues and he can do that. Uh, but, uh, but that's been, that's been really impressive. Obviously you guys have seen it. His offense has really picked up. This guy's going to eventually, I'm not saying this to you, but he's going to be a 25 home run guy. He just, He's starting to learn how to look for pitches right. and hitters counts. He still has that great ability when he's down the count to hit the ball the other way. Uh, he hates striking out. I, I just think that uh, the arrows on both these guys is pointing straight up, and it's a good it's a good feeling in the organization. And it's a good feeling if you're the manager of this team to look at those two young guys and see the progress they've made. In just one year, it's unbelievable. And and what's what's great about Stott Tubo is we're we're actually seeing a significant jump. It's like it's like every six months or less than that, Stott finds a way to really make himself dramatically better. Because you saw how we struggled last year early. He came in really finished the season strong, had a good first half of the year, but in the second half of the year, and right now about half the games played, he's already got almost the same amount of doubles, the same amount of home runs. I mean, his OPS has gone from 760 to 840 in the really? second half. Wow. He's just, he's he makes Jeez. these jumps. It seems like he's a guy where once he gets it figured out, like a he just dials himself in and he just has that confidence in himself to know that he, he has he can he can hit because it's just, it's hard to do that. He's very confident. You know, as many great players as we have in our lineup, especially playing the way they are right now, and this is not taking anything away from any of those guys. Harper's a great player, Riamuto, Schwartz, all those guys. Uh, you know, to me, I like Stott coming up with a man on third. Uh, I just think he he has the ability to grind out at bats. He can take two strikes right out of the gate, and you look up and it's three and two or two and two. He's fouled off seven or eight pitches. He has a game plan up there. He's not trying to hit the ball in the seats with a man on third. If you need a fly ball, he gets you a fly ball. If you need a ground ball with the infield back, he gives you that. He's just a very intelligent hitter that really believes in And it's not cockiness. He just believes in what he does. It's going to work. And let's be honest, it's worked. And uh, and when you have a guy down there, well, he's hitting fifth now, but we were had him hitting seventh at times. Yeah, Man, that's a deep lineup when you have a guy hitting that low and doing what he's doing. A man on third, less than two outs, starts hitting 417 this year. Good point, talk Bob. About, talk about, talk about Bob, those numbers. But what's your pay yeah. scale? We want to hire you full-time for the podcast, man. You just pay, passed the entrance exam. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> You're tough, my man. But I do have a good uh, question. I have a good question for you at the end. I'm going to try to stump the coach this week. You're good. No, that's a yeah, great yeah, yeah, you, you guys can stump me. You guys go <laughs> way back with all this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to make it current. Anyway, that's uh, a good observation on uh, – on start, I mean, because that's what it's about. I mean, you got to score runners from third. That's where the team yep. has struggled. Let's face it, you know, two outs runners in scoring position has probably been the chief Achilles heel for the last four years that have been competitive, right? It just, yeah, yeah we're always trying to yeah. explain that, right? What, what I, yeah, you are always trying to explain it. But you know what I like to see, and I don't, I don't want to wish us any bad luck. I like to see us go five or six games right now the way we're playing without hitting a home run. Yeah. I think we can manufacture runs right now. 
And, and you know, let's face it, we're not getting all those home runs when the playoffs start. No. I don't care. And either is Atlanta. Right. You know, those those teams, we're not, we're not going to be giving up five or six home runs. They're not going to be giving up five or six home runs. But, but like, you know, uh, during this stretch right now, we are killing home runs. I mean, yeah. I think we've got more home runs this month than we've ever had for Tied a record. Team. Tied a record. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, that that's a big question now. Can you manufacture runs against real good pitching? And that's what we're going to have to do. That's what Atlanta's going to have to do. You can, all these big numbers are great, but when the playoffs start, you're going to face elite pitching. Uh, teams usually that play good defense, so you're going to have to do some things to, to manufacture a couple runs or three runs, and you're going to have to win three to two, four to three, two mm-hmm. to one. Yeah. It's not going to be a ten to eight game or nine to eight game. So, but again, I don't want us to go into this non-home drought. But I really believe right now the way we're playing, we can win a lot of games without hitting the ball over the wall. Well, you have my word on this date. I don't even know what the date is. Is the last day? Twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Bo up to date. You got everything going today, Bo. You came in hot. All right. <laughs> I, on this podcast, as witnessed, uh, I am not going to text you with Schwarber's up uh, in the ninth inning, turning the lineup <laughs> over. There's elite lefty up, and it doesn't look like a competitive bat. I am okay. not going to send you a text saying okay. that, that was not a competitive bat. I promise you, you will never hear from <laughs> me right. again. Okay, that, that's a deal. That's right. You know what that old saying: "If it's not broke, you don't have to fix it." So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And okay. you and and you would be doing the same thing too. I would. Okay. I mean, I, I understand where 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 Thompson's going with this. Yep. Uh, you know, people keep questioning him, and he and he's. Uh, I give him credit. You know, he's sticking to his guy. He said, this guy got us to within two games of being world champions, and I left him in that one hole. I'm going to continue to leave him in that one hole. You guys are going to be going up and down with the strikeouts and and uh, maybe some defensive uh, lapses out there. But it's, I'm going to tell you this. When Schwartz makes a mistake in left field, it's not from lack of effort, believe me. No, this no, guy's no, giving no. you everything he has. Uh, I know for a fact that his legs aren't what you call 100%. He's, mm-hmm. But he goes out, nobody's 100% now. Right. But this guy never complains. He gives you everything he has. And as a coach, as a manager, as a, as a in the position that I'm in now, I, I respect that. Because yeah. he, I think he knows he has some shortcomings out there. Yeah, he does. And you know what? If, if Harp could get to the point where, hey, I can play first every day, uh, you know, that to me, uh, that, would, that would alleviate some of this stuff. You know, but again, you know, if Harp doesn't feel it, He's ready to do that every day, and you got to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, but but if we could put Schwab as a DH for like uh, a week, a week to ten days straight, where yep. you could get off the speed a little bit, yep. I think it would really help. But he, hey, you can't argue with, with what's happening right now. Everything's right. working good. I mean, listen, my heart bleeds for him out there because I do love the guy. People think I'm against him, and I'm really not. I just state the facts right. sometimes. But when he's out there in left field. And I know he's, you know, when you're out there as a major league player and you're not confident that you want the ball hit to you, can there be a worse feeling when it's, you know, eighth and ninth inning, there's runners on, and you're thinking, oh, man, if I get a tailing, sinking line drive, it's smoke. Yeah, I mean. You know, right? And, and as you all know, the, balls, the ball will find you. Yeah. I don't believe don't it, don't it does. I mean, you watch these guys that go in for defense in the eighth or ninth inning, first ball up, ball's hit right at them <laughs> or something. Does, so they have to make a great play. It, 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 it's unbelievable how this game's set up. But I've seen it, if I've seen it once, I've seen it a hundred times. A guy goes in for defense, and the very first play, it's not a routine play either. It's a tough play. 
and he's in a uh, in a no win situation because when you get put in for defense, you're supposed to make every single play. Yep. And to me, that's one of the hardest jobs in baseball is when you go in as a defensive replacement. Sure as sure as heck, the first ball is going to be a sinking liner, like you said, or a ball yep. hit right at you and. That's just the way the game is right well, now. The one scenario I would like to chat briefly about, and, and I think we did text about, is, okay, so you have a two-year uh, data field that says Schwarber has not really come close to throwing any bad at home play. I mean, the, the number of bang-bang close plays don't exist. A bunch of wide throws, very soft throws, bouncing. So if he's 0 for two years throwing a runner out, he's not going to suddenly throw the next five out. So should the Phillies look at that? And either move him in 15 feet, now it makes it really hard to go against him, or put him back in no doubles defense. The third option to that, move the cut, picture this bow, move the cut closer to Schwerbor. So when he hits the cut, we may be. Yeah, you got cut. it. You got it. You yeah. got a fake toss, throw back behind yeah, the runner. Yeah, you could, you could do all those things. But you know what? When he. Usually, when 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 Schwab is throwing the ball home, it's a big run. It's maybe three to two or yeah, three to three. Yeah. I, I tell you what, he does do good when he goes down to the line and throws the ball to second base. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he's he's made some good plays that way. He has. But again, you know, when the score is three to two or three to three, you you can't say, "Oh, just flip it into second. Right, you, know, you just right. can't do that. But you, you could do any of the three. I mean, double cut is not. That's not a bad play. You like you that, don't you? Can... You like the double yeah. cut. Yeah, okay. We got yeah. you on that one a little bit. You'll buy that stock today, yeah. won't you? The yeah, options. I like that one. <laughs> I saw a double play last night that was unbelievable. You watch everything. <laughs> In the Atlanta game. Atlanta game, it, yep. It was a ground ball to second. The right. second baseman came in. The first baseman went after Second, No, the first baseman went after the ball. He flipped to the pitcher. The pitcher couldn't get there, but the second baseman came around. How about that? How about that? And they flipped him to first. He got him out. Then the guy that, that was the second tried to score. It was a double play. It was, it was an unbelievable beautiful. double play, it, which it, I'd never seen. Well, now, you won't see that in the scoring book. You won't see those numerically. You won't see that that double play. Mm-hmm. And that's what, no. that's, uh, what makes baseball. We were talking, Chad and I, uh, I think before the podcast, maybe the first five minutes, about when balls bounce off of – angled walls how the second baseman could even have an option or first baseman to back up the yeah. right fielder because if the ricochet is yeah. real harsh sometimes it'll go by the right fielder and if since the first baseman's got nothing else to do once yeah, the ball's right. hit no. go to hell out the right field just in case you never know yeah you get you get some of these nooks and crannies now it's, 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 you you should always be going somewhere towards yeah, the ball always anyway. going somewhere and uh you know I've seen a lot of stuff happen in center field here in our park. I mean, I don't know if it's because players that come in here don't realize that if it hits that wall and, and, and to the left of straightaway center, that ball is going to ricochet back towards right field. And it's, and I still can't believe the number of right fielders that they're spectators on that play. They sit there and watch that play. Right. Instead of as soon as that ball's hit, they should be on a dead sprint towards center field in case something like that happens. Exactly. But, uh, do you, uh, you know, it's a tough, it's, it's a tough place in center field. Moving on a little bit, I know Milwaukee's got great pitching and stuff like that. But when you look at the fact that they don't have a 500 slug, they don't have a player with 40 extra base hits. Almost impossible this late in the season. Seven batters below 225 in their lineup. Six batters below 310 
on base percentage. Uh, their slash line, 235, 316, 380. You don't see a 380 slug. No. Six, 696 OPS and like 26 in baseball. I know their pitch is good, but Bo, do you scratch your head how they're winning? Well, and not only is their pitching good, unless I'm wrong, I, I think their defense is fifth, up there too. Fifth in baseball. Fifth in baseball. Yeah. Well, you they, have they, good they, they don't make a lot of bad mistakes. So. Yeah. What do you, you do? Know, again, that? we go back to that pitching and defense, win games. Because like you said, that lineup really doesn't scare you. But those, pitcher, but those pitchers keep you in the game. You look okay. up. Every time I look up, there's nothing, nothing in the third or fourth inning. Then they'll put a three spot up. And usually from the seventh inning on, that bullpen is very tough. Uh, and they hang on and win games. And uh, it, it, I'm, I'm anxious to see us play against them because, as you said, that pitching over there is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But I think our pitching can dominate. But the way it's set up right now, I know they're going to get Wheeler and Nola. Right. So right. it's yeah. going to be interesting to see yeah. how they how they respond to hitting off our pitchers. If I'm playing the Brewers, I'm telling the guys, come on, we got to win this game by the sixth inning because 1. Yes. 1.46 – 2.12, are the uh, bullpen ERAs. That's a nightmare. Yeah, that, that bullpen's lights out. So they, they very seldom spit up leads. Right. Uh, right. You're right. And you, you know what? I think you, 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 if I'm the Phillies, I'm not going for big innings against them. I'm, I'm going to try to manufacture some runs. Uh, you get it. two or three runs. You get two or three runs early. Right. That's like six against that team because, like you said, their offense is not that good. No. I mean, Yelich is having a good year right now. That's but, it. Uh, That's it, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but but try to get two or three runs early, and then you, you can see, especially if Wheeler and Nolan on top of their game, it could be hard for that team to catch us in, in a three-game series. Another mystery. They're a little bit better as far as their class rank goes, but another mystery – how can the Mariners be in first place winning like 18 out of the last yeah. 20? Uh, I mean, you know what, guys? I, I've watched their pitching is yeah. awesome. Yeah, right. That pitching can, they're my sleeper team, man, to, okay. to go to the World Series. Okay. They're my sleeper team. I got them, though, I've been watching their pitchers. They got an unbelievable starting rotation. You're right. And they all, they're power pitchers too. And, and Castillo can throw the breaking ball at will. Oh, they got, they got some very good arms. They catch a the ball. Uh, they're they're going to be a tough out, yeah. I think. I, I really do. You're right. Number number two in baseball. We're going to segue here a little bit to Trout. Not just not coming into town right now. That, that's sad. Uh, but not getting a chance to see this guy. He's averaged under. Uh, it's a, this is a really shocking. Under 100 games a year since 2016. Under 100 games a year. I mean, God bless him. He's trying 110% always. He breaks down. Some people say he was too muscly, whatever. But we want to, Chad wants to talk to you about the fact there's an article today by Matt Breen in the Inquirer. I don't know if you read it or not. It talks about how tough a high school basketball player Trout was. Uh, and good, bud, you want to take it over? And we don't get to see him in post. Yeah, it was cool. It was talking about how, uh, Trout was when he was six foot in in high school, dunking and do not just doing like normal dunks, but like three sixty windmill dunks <laughs> wow. out there on yeah. the basketball wow. court, and people were just falling off the bleachers just <laughs> watching this guy and just how athletic he is, and you know all the stuff we've seen as an adult. But 
you know, back when he was still uh, still just a just a teenager, which is pretty incredible. And we don't get to see him in postseason, Bo. That's a shame, isn't it? We're not getting to watch it, it, his career in postseason. It, it's a shame that, that I, I knew he hadn't played the last couple of years a lot of games, but were you that's that you just told me um, that he hasn't played over yeah. X amount of games, right? Jeez. I mean, he's been getting banged up. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, you get two probably the greatest players playing right now. In Otani and him, and yep, uh, yep. obviously Otani's down with pitching, but he's still he's still DHing. It'd have been a good series if if Trout was coming in here to play. I mean, I I still think it's going to be a. I mean, they're banged up. There's no question about it. But uh, the, the third baseman hasn't played. In I don't know how long. Uh, Trout being out for a long time that hurt. So, but uh, I'd like to see him him and Otani both be, be playing in the playoffs just to. Just because of their star power, but uh, it doesn't look like Trout's going. It doesn't sound like he might be playing this year. I mean, yeah, no, it's it. Why I don't would, know. Yeah, why would you to point? I yeah, mean, if you're out you of know, it. Why would yeah. you risk it? So uh, we'll leave you on this note. Uh, then I got a, a quick question for you. I'm not going to set you up. Um, the when you look at Harper, at least this is my opinion. When I watch Harper and the adjustments he made, he came back maybe a tad early. Who knows? He's a tough guy. And he realizes he doesn't have the health uh, to be able to hit home runs, so he, he starts moving the ball around the field, singles, singles, singles. Then he gets a double. Then he adjusts his swing a little bit more, and then he makes another adjustment, no stride with two strikes. Is this guy not amazing, Bo, toughness? And yeah. then he gets to the ninth inning, and you can't get him out in the ninth inning. I don't care if the lefty comes in. His Harper... Yep. Not one of the most MVP-esque, tight, tough players Philly's yep. ever seen this season. Yeah, yeah. When you, when when the game's on the line, uh, like you said, eighth or ninth inning, he 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 loves that challenge, and it's hard to believe that he turns it up a notch because he's always turning it up a notch. But yeah. the concentration level goes a little bit higher. Uh, you know, he's in a groove right now where I don't know consistently if anybody can get him out. He's squaring balls up now, they're, and they're not just pitches down the middle. He's hitting balls away in the left field. He's pulling balls. Uh, I think the big thing is he wants to be up in those situations. Now, I'm not saying everybody doesn't want to be up, but if he did fail, he the next night he'd want to be in that same situation. Yeah. No, you not got like, it, man. Oh, man, I made an out last night. I don't want to have that happen again. You, you could get him five times in a row in the ninth inning, and he comes up the sixth time. And I don't know if I'd want to face him no, because he, no. he likes those challenges. But doesn't he dial it in where you can see the hitting confidence where if you were a pitcher, you wouldn't know where the hell to throw him because he's on everything. He fouls back. He, he's not swinging late. He's not getting fooled. He's just dialed in lefty or yeah. righty, you know? Yeah, he is. And I, and I think once the playoffs start, I, I don't want to act like we're already there, but right. when we get in the playoffs, Obviously, when you go over the meeting, the other manager's got to say, I don't want Harper beating us. Oh, boy. As good as, as deep as this lineup is, I don't want Harper beating us. If we got to walk in, we're going to walk him. Especially if he's swinging the way he's swinging right now, which yeah. I don't see that tapering off at all. Looks like he's getting really locked in. But you can't let you can't let a guy like Harp nope. beat you no matter how deep your lineup nope. is because he rises to the occasion. You see it coming. You see it coming. Yep. Just so yep. knee-jerk reaction before the question, is it? Is it? would you agree, uh, without 
dwelling on it, just knee-jerk reaction, that the Padres right now could be the most underachieving, sort of lackadaisical team you've ever seen or in recent history yeah. or the last 10 yeah. years. If yeah, if you especially when you look at the star power and of course, let's face it, the uh, uh, the amount of money they've put into that oh, ball club, right. that, that's what. And, and you know what? If you look at their pitching, it's not that bad. No, it's their not. Starting pitching, yeah, right. That's what made that's what makes you scratch your head a little bit. But again, it's it's a matter of putting together a team that plays together as a mm-hmm. team and not as individuals. And I'm. In, I haven't followed San Diego. I, I'm, I'm like you. I look at the box scores and I look up and I say, how can this team be eight or nine games? Um, even if everyone had a bad year on that team, they should play at least 500 baseball. Got to. But, kick but, it but they're, they're, they're in, a, in a swoon right now. And, and uh, again, I, I think by the time we play them, they might be like mentally saying, hey, we, we, we can't get there, which is another good thing. But, yeah. yeah, I would have to say they're the most disappointed because – if you look at the star power in the lineup, there's a lot of real good players. Oh on my that lord! Team. I mean, now there's five guys, not just four guys, because the yeah. other guys are stars. And they so said, like, they're pitching. Yeah. Their pitch is not that bad. I'm yeah. not saying it's great, but no. it's not that bad. It's top of baseball in the top of baseball. So we, uh, Chuck and I, were, were talking about this a few weeks ago with the Padres and how they have a lot of power, obviously a lot of power names. I mean, you can more yep. big names than them really most teams in baseball and how you see so little triples though out of right. this lineup right um they Hustle. have one guy jake cronenworth who would probably be everyone's last Best guest guy, right. to lead the team in triples he has seven this year wow there is not one other guy on that team who has more than one triple think about that bo right they a lot oh, of doubles, a lot of doubles. They have four other that guys goes, with you one ball, triple. You break it down as break soon it as down, you hit it. You got it. And you don't, you know, when you hit a ball in the gap, the first thing you're doing is saying triple right out of the gate. That's it. That's and it. then the ball stops you, but stops they stop you. themselves they a lot. So that tells you that uh, the energy level or maybe the aggressiveness should aggressiveness. be a little bit better than it is. Right, right, exactly, and that I love that triple stat as far as yeah, I mean, Carly the, to hit, hit hustle. Yeah, they're twenty sixth yeah. in baseball and triples with eleven, but one of them is seven sevens from one guy, which is yeah. just insane. Who wow. I could beat the forty yard dash? You know? I mean, I can't believe that Jake Cronenworth is leading the team in triples. That and is all the, all yeah, the talent and they have. Big, that park's a pretty good in the gaps out there. Right. That's, those are big gaps. And, and when I was doing the, the Soto prep of about four podcasts ago and we were speculating about whether the Phillies were, thank God they passed. I kind of knew they would, but thank God they did. Uh, I looked at Soto for like two years, and I, don't hold me exact, but he had like 111 doubles with three triples, which is not possible with a guy that can <laughs> steal with a guy that can steal 30 bases, Bo. You Ripley's yeah. believe it or not, it's just not possible. So here's the question: Chad says Bo is going to get this today. Uh, no way. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to game you. I'm going to. I'm going to try to. Yeah, I don't want to game you here. So we we know career war. Now I had to pick between Phillies war, the the time a player is with the Phillies. That's a difference. Right. Or career. So I want career, and we all know that Schmidt is the highest Phillies career war. By a right. lot, one oh seven doesn't have right. anybody within thirty of him. Who right. is the second Phillies player with the best career WAR? Not Phillies WAR, 
but career work. Oh, career. Yeah. Oh, career. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Just take a wild, don't even matter. Because it doesn't. I'm trying matter. to think it because I think the trick to this question is he didn't play his whole career with the Phillies. No. No. And I'm going to start to feed you hints. Uh, now, the good news is we only have 225 people listening to our podcast. It's not like yeah, a, no we don't have a million. So no one, no one even hears any of this stuff. But uh, this guy was not liked in Philadelphia and was just recently very, very much recognized by baseball. Pretty big hint there. Hall of Famer. He's already a Hall of Famer? Just, just recently. Scotty Rowland. Oh, Scotty, yeah. Scotty at 70 career. Scotty oh, was good, man. Yeah, Utley. Scotty was real good. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Utley, I, I would have said I would have said Jimmy or Utley. Yeah, well, here we go, just just for the heck of it, since we did the research. So you got Schmidt at 107, uh, four and above. Then you got uh, Roland at 70. Utley and Ashburn tied at 64. Oh, Your fifth best career war player in, in baseball and part of the Phillies for 6,000 at-bats is Bobby Abreu at 60, ahead of Dick Allen, by the way. Jimmy Rollins wow. drops down a lot at 48. Hmm. Then you got Chuck oh, Klein, wow. Del Ennis. Here's a stat. Yeah. You could win every water cooler bet in America today. Set the question up. Ryan Howard, that had four Ruthian years, 50 home runs and 150 RBIs. Career war, bud. Did you look at, at this, bud? No. T- tell me what you guess. Ryan Howard's career war is just knee jerk. What do you think? Uh, like 25. Okay, Bo, you wrap about. What did you say? Ryan Howard's career war. I know. What did he say, though? I said 25. 25. Oh, I was going to say 40. Yeah, I would have said 40 to 60. It's 15. How about oh, that? Wow. That's How about all. That? That's defense. He got a that, negative 17 wow. for yep. his career defensively. Negative wow. 17, Bo. So, wow. he, so he was a butcher at first. I don't mean to say that unkindly, but yeah, I mean, but, it, he, but he pounded, he pounded <laughs> an apple. <laughs> he pounded it. <laughs> You're great. Yeah, uh, he did. All yeah, right, my did. man. Thank you so much for coming on. All right, guys. It's the fastest Hopefully 50 minutes in sports. We'll find out. We'll find out who we're playing in the playoffs. You got it. That's a deal. We'll get back to you shortly. Have a great Monday, Bo. All right, guys. Take care. It's crazy. Ryan Howard, only three all-star games. How about that? But one, two, three, four, five, six, six. One, one, two, three. Yeah, six MVP top tens. This? Including a, a MVP one, uh, which won the MVP award. Second place finish, a third place finish, a fifth place finish. He only makes two, three all-star games, all, all that. But you know how we do these data searches and sometimes we'll trip across a metric that sends us to the research table because we can't believe it? Mm-hmm. Last night, I pulled out our previous research when we were doing what Philly should be in the Hall of Fame. Remember, we did that with Mitch and yeah. Bo? Okay. Yeah, the first podcast. At, first, first at second the podcast. studio. At Wildfire Studios, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I found this because I was trying to clean out my office. Oh, God, what a project that is, my home office. And I found this, and I see, you know, Schmidt at the top, and I remember all this. And then I saw Howard at the bottom at 15, so I you know, want the ba- baseball reference brought up as war. It's 15. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to disprove 15. War's wrong. Well, you know it's not wrong. So look at the strikeouts. Bam. Look at the base running uh, grade he gets. He, there is no base running grade. He doesn't go first to third. Uh, look at the defense. Uh, you look at the whole thing that war takes into consideration, and sure enough, you know, 15 is it. 
and yet here's a guy for four years in a row. I think I'm rounding a little bit high at 150 RBIs and, and 50 home runs. Is that a tad high for the four years he had? Pretty much close, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, notable is Abreu uh, at, at 60 people out there. Yeah, Bobby Abreu, fifth best Philly, okay, uh, career-wise, ever. All right? And then as a Philly war, who's ahead of him as a Philly war? Of course, Schmidt played his whole career at 107. Next at 62 is Utley. So Utley is your highest Phillies career war player. And then I am proud uh, to say that, at, no, I'm not proud, Sash Burdex at 58. And then uh, uh, Rollins 48, Abreu 47. However, Rollins has uh, how many games played as a Philly? Two, 2,100. And Abreu has uh, 1,400. So the accumulation of all those extra games gives them a higher war. If you go down and take it by year, Bobby Abreu's your second best Philly ever. If you, yeah. if you compare it to, he's ahead of Dick Allen in OPS too, uh, Philly's career. Isn't that something? He yeah, beats him Abreu in batting average. Bray was a great player. He beats yeah. him in batting average by a lot. He beats him in on base percentage because for the Phillies, if Bray was 414, he loses in slug. But then he picks it back up in OPS. Yeah. His OPS as a Philly was 925. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. And they argue about Abreu not being whatever they say he's not. All right, good. We're 58. We can get out of here less than a, at an hour. Rant, rave, what do you got, Bob? Just uh, no, just a rave for the, uh, for the Phillies, how they've been playing. Looks ready to go for the postseason. So just a good all-around performance. That's all I got on them. Yeah, yeah, I second all that. I'm satisfied with the team right now. They have improved defensively. I, they're pitching number one in baseball by wins above average. Um, offensively, man, if JT does get going, you're strong one through eight. And uh, while I'll never say that's the way I would make the lineup, I'll simply say, hey, hats off to uh, Skipper. Uh, he's following his convictions. They have a great win-loss record. I don't know it's entirely because of that, but, you know, would you change it? Boa said he would not. You know, that's Skipper, that's Boa. What do I know, right? I'm a finance guy. So uh, I think the Phillies are, are situated ideally for postseason, and uh, they're getting stronger now against the better competition, which they do have a 500 record. We'll see. I mean, that's postseason, postseason, right? One big play, one big three-run home run, tilts the whole thing, you know, one way or the other. So, it's uh, it's a game of ricochets and relief pitching and clutch hitting with two outs and a lot of crazy things. So uh, a lot of nice feedback uh, last week. Uh, I wanted to cover the callers, uh, the respondents, but we didn't have time. We'll get to that next. I saved some of your questions, a couple of funny questions. Uh, how do they get a hold of us, bud? Uh, as always, speaking of sportspod.com, speaking of sports and any of the social medias, and Chuck's phone number for any questions for callers or guests or just general Philly stuff you want us to cover is 609-828-5569. Is that a wrap? That is a wrap. You all have a great Monday. Thanks to Bo for coming on. You're always good. And we'll just give you a little bit of on the way out. Let closing it, music. Let it play, Richie. Let the dog hunt. Right, bud? <laughs> have a good Monday, everybody. I have a blast. I work with my son, friends, 
And is there anything better than the game of baseball? It's the best. Bring it. That's a wrap.